This is Agents Influence Podcast. Every one of these guys, guys and gals that are good claims people, will be able to figure out how to build their own business model around that technology because the knowledge in their head, it's replaceable physically in the time and the ability to count. The knowledge that they get and the things that they visually see, there's still going to be a need for that for at least a long runway. And so they can become the experts of technology by being the human interaction to that technology. And that's what most people are forgetting. I'm Jason Cass and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency. Change your finances. Change your family. And in the end, we're gonna change an industry. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Agents Influence Podcast. Back with you once again. Here I am uh, live in the studio here at 418 South Poplar Street in Centralia, Illinois, also known as the Insurance Alliance. Um, really glad to be back with you guys. I know we've been spitting out some good uh, good podcasts. Uh, I think they're all good, but uh, by the feedback that we've been getting has been just tremendous. And I really want to thank everybody out there uh, for taking your time to listen to it. You are a loyal listener, and I want you to know you are greatly appreciated. Uh, today, I've got a guy out by on uh, by the name of Jeff Clyde. Now, Jeff and I have really never met outside of a phone call we had about, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes ago. Um, and that phone call was very short because Amy, my artificial intelligence uh, assistant, actually set up this phone call but didn't label it, which I think was my fault, not hers. She does it the right way every time as a podcast guest. So um, this is going to be really good because these pot, these kind of guests, as you guys know, um, if you've if you've ever uh, if you if you've listened to them for a long time, it's the guests that I really don't know that we just kind of come on and we get to know them together. Those are ones that are used the most, uh, usually the most electric and the most exciting. So here we go with that. And before I do though, want to let you know. Keep in mind, I know I bug you with it all the time, but Grow Lab 2017 um, is right around the corner, October 24th and 25th. Uh, really am uh, happy to announce we've got some a star-studded lineup. And when I say a lineup, keep in mind they're not on stage; they're going to be in the crowd. Um, but I do know that I just confirmed with Jeff uh, and or, Jeff, excuse me, Steve Anderson. Steve Anderson, if you guys know him out there from the Agency Report, the the Anderson Agency Report, the Tar Report, he does a lot of speaking across America. Steve is a great guy. Um, I'll even talk to him a little bit about with Jeff, but uh, he is going to be there. He is going to, he's agreed to come as well for both days. And I don't know if you know how exciting that is, but I mean, when you put him in, in the same room with, with Billy Williams and Michael McCormick and some of the other people that are in there, this is going to be a fabulous time. So we may have a hundred people in there. We may have 90, but keep in mind it is limited to a hundred. Now I want to let you guys know, here's something that I've got a little special thing for you. You may be hearing this from some of our sponsors as well. When I went to Charlotte, North Carolina back, I believe it was a couple weeks ago, 
I noticed that the uh, room that they had us in there at the uh, hotel well, had a had two pillars, like literally right in the middle of the room. And if you have a speaker up on the stage, that wouldn't be a problem. But since we don't have speakers on the stage and we're bringing the speakers and consultants and putting them in the crowd to be a part of the agent conversation, I said, this room isn't going to work. We need people to be able to see each other from side to side. So they put us into another room. Upon the going into that other room, it did open up another 5, 10, maybe 15 spots that could be bought. So I went out to my sponsors and I said, hey, what would you like to do with these spots? Do you want to put them out? Our sponsor said, we'll buy them. So between our six sponsors, they bought 10 more seats and I'm going to offer you one of those. So if you want to come to Jason at growprogram.com, go to Jason at growprogram.com. The first one that says, hey, I want in and I want to come take that free registration, I'm going to give it to you. That's Jason at growprogram.com. I only have one, so I'm just going to tell you if you're the first one that email me. I'm not going to play favorites. I'm literally just going to pick you right out of my inbox and say, boom, you're the one. And I'll reach out to you personally. So keep that in mind. October 24th and 25th, that is in Charlotte, North Carolina, Grow Lab 2017. It's going to be electric. Believe me, it will be. In the meantime, do not forget about Grow Mastermind. Check us out at growprogram.com. You can check out the mastermind. We're growing and there's some awesome things happening inside there. But without further ado, Mr. Jeff Clyde, welcome to the podcast, sir. Thanks, Jason. Great to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, it is, and it's uh, and it's going to be exciting to have you. As I, you've heard me tell the loyal listeners, uh, you and I don't know now. Just to give the loyal listeners how I kind of got connected with Jeff happened to be through the um, InsureTech LA forum that I did. Um, and uh, with Jeremy Hollett, and he was out there, and we were doing some stuff on his quotacy. And am I correct, Jeff, that you were actually in the crowd? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it was a great event. Yeah, so I know it was very hard sometimes for me or for the loyal listeners to to kind of hear because uh, some of the audio, um, even even Galat will even say that he's got to do better on his audio. But that was like something we kind of threw together going through with the with the Facebook Live and stuff like that. But uh, I guess you had asked a couple questions, uh, particularly is what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, just throwing some input on the topic. Yeah, how many how many people were there at that event? No, I'd say it was a it was a smaller event, but there was probably about 25, 30 people. Um, okay. You know, I mean, LA is just starting to pick up. Uh, Gilad has done a great job, and it's I mean, it's it, it, people are finding their way there, and and I think every every event gets better and better. Fantastic. That is. Uh... I think I think I think uh, I think Galat is doing a very very good job, and ever since I've t- spoke with him, I've had many people reach out to me and tell me about some of the great things that he's doing in the insure tech community, and and I think you know he's from the ground up out there. He's working to get it to get it going, and so um, I applaud him and people just like yourself also who speak uh, about uh, insure tech and also take your time to become part of those events. Let's start out. Let's start off this uh, conversation here with something uh, my loyal listeners love to know. It tells us about a little bit of who you are. Are you an iPhone or are you a droid user? iPhone. iPhone user. Always been an iPhone user? Always, well, always been an iPhone user. Um, yeah, I mean, I switched from, you know, this will date me, but I switched from a trio to a, to an iPhone. Wow, a trio. Oh my gosh, I haven't even heard that mentioned in years. Wow, that is crazy. That is that is wild. What's the latest and coolest app that you've downloaded for your business, personal life, or whatever? The latest and coolest app. Um, God, that's a good question. I, 
Let me look on my phone. <laughs> I, I actually, let's see, what did I just, let's see. Uh, Venmo actually is because I have to fund my son with his world. Um, <laughs> that's not a tech one. But no, that's I, true, though. I've had a couple other guests say the same thing. Um, you know what I use for my invoicing and stuff? I use Inworks, and that's been um, that's been pretty good for how I um, how I'm. Oh wait, wait, no, it's not Inworks. See, look at that. I, I'm looking at my apps, but uh, it's I don't even know the name of it. But I, I have a I have an app that I downloaded for invoicing clients um, as on my consulting practice. And it's, it's been pretty awesome to be able to just on the fly figure out what you're doing and, and send it out there. But uh, that's probably the – and it's actually – I take it back. It wasn't in works. It was actually VP, and I'll tell you what it is. It's ViewPost, and that's what I use for my invoices. Gotcha. Okay. Check that out. You know what's yeah. amazing? I saw a thing um, – I think I read it on the hustle or something where I get some of these wild facts, but come to find out, uh, in the in the last in the first half of 2017, there have been less apps downloaded per user than in any time of the apps coming out. And I don't know if I'm saying that correct, but on average, the average person used to download like one app every month or 10 apps every month, whatever the figure is. But it's like literally, I mean, it was less than like two apps or three apps or something like that in the in the first six months was the average user, which it was a phenomenal number. And I can't really remember. And if any of you guys read The Hustle or any of these, I think it's it's The Hustle that comes to your email. My, Travis got got me turned on to it. It's a, it's a really little cool email thing that comes through with some cool stories and facts about what's going on with Uber and stuff like that. Um, but that's what they had that they had reported that in there that the amount of people who uh, and what they what the conversation had to do with Jeff was it had to do with with, um, the fact that today it's not as easy to be in your mother's basement and create an app to make millions as it used to be. It's actually becoming very, very hard. And they're char- starting to say that the odds that you are going to be able to do it is there's more likely that you would be uh, struck by lightning um, than, than to get that done anymore. It used to be, you know, where you could create an app and boom, you could get it out there and you may not make billions off of it, but you know, you could probably make a couple million before somebody, a larger fish gobbled you up before a larger fish gobbled them up before Facebook or Google gobbled them up. You know what I mean? And it's becoming actually harder now. So there's more apps being created, but actually users are downloading less. I have to say that for me, that's probably true. I am downloading less apps today because I'm starting to realize that it's about the quality of the app and not so much the quantity of the app. I also have to say though that they used to be taking up storage on my phone and now that we're getting these 64 gig and the 128 gig, I could see that maybe that may start to turn around now that the gig um, usage is getting, the storage is getting bigger on our phones. Would you say you see that? Would you fall in line with that or no? Yeah, well you know what, I, I think actually it's more, people are finally falling into groove with the apps that were that were generated and I think- you know, I think that's the reality is that the apps are good and they're productive and, and the hardest part is moving to the next app and then just starting over now. It's not that easy you're, to just start over. 
Yeah, and they, some of these apps are incredible. They they really really are incredible, and uh, um, yeah, they really are. So let me get let me get on to we'll get on to this so that we don't take up too much time talking about apps. Um, <laughs> here's so the so the secret question we love to ask and and we and want to know directly from you is I mean do you do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Uh, that's a tough question. I, I I I would say I hate to lose more than I love to win. Any reason why? Because um, I, I like creating things. I like being in the mix. I like constantly be moving forward, but I don't necessarily have to be the winner. I, I think you can just create good things and be a part of something really good, and and so you're straight up the middle. So you're a builder. You like building things. I, I love building things. That's right. I think that building people, I think pe- people who like to work in groups like to build things because you can't build anything alone. I mean, there's nothing in the history of the world. You can look around your office right now, you can look around the world. There's never been one thing that's ever been built by one person. You know, it's, been, it's taken a collective effort. So that makes sense, it makes sense. So Jeff, take us back, uh, take us back to uh, the good old days. Uh, date yourself if you want to. Take us back to college, high school. Tell us a little bit about who you are and bring us forward to where you are now so that uh, as we talk and get a little bit more in depth, the loyal listeners can connect with you in a, in a little bit more intimate way. All right. Well, I'll actually, I'll, you know, I'll start in college just because I, uh, I live out here in California and, and throughout college, I got to work at the Disneyland hotel, um, which is kind of cool. So it's kind of something everyone knows. And I learned about customer service. I learned about engagement. I learned about, you know, clearly about tips, which is the first step in getting commission, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, I found my way into insurance and you know basically i was working in insurance while i was still finishing up college and then a couple of years later i, I actually joined uh, ultimately the company that that my wife's father had owned and it gave me an opportunity to you know go in and you know like and this this is 1994 95 um gave me an opportunity to figure out how to just get every client you could do and, and do what i did and you know, a few years into it, I realized that there was there was more to it than that. There was uh, this great technology space coming out. There was this great real estate space coming out, and there was a lot of uh, programs that you had to find your way through to, to start getting into. And you know, ultimately, I I got in and started building an agency within an agency, and um, you know, that's bringing us up into the late '90s. I was very very much a programmed guy. I very much liked selling insurance to like kind and quality programs. And that brought me into the technology space. And in about 1996, to be exact, I, I launched an insurance um, website to sell insurance online. And, 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 and it's not as glamorous as you think, actually. Every underwriter you know used to make fun of me and mock me on a regular basis for you know, trying to sell insurance to clients that never met me before. So that was, kind of, that was, you know, I mean, it's quite an experience to actually, you know, to actually go, and, and it wasn't just them, it was other producers and, you know, um, other people in the industry. And of course the, the account managers in the office that, you know, had been there for 15, 20 years. Um, then I actually got into an insurance program, started writing stuff online for specific industries, ultimately created uh, an online insurance portal 
called personaltrainerinsurance.com, and I insured uh, personal trainers all over the country and on military bases all over the world. Um, and at the same time, I, I, I kind of built a, a really solid brick and mortar business, and so I was the guy who kind of took over the agency and, and became president and, and took it from you know, a dozen people to about 80 people, and we, we grew it from about two million to 12 million in revenue um, between the early 2000s and 2008 when I left. And then uh, in 2008, I left and I took my online insurance program and kind of kicked it, you know, kicked it up a notch and, and was able to build that till about 2013 and sold it to a division of Aon. Um, and then uh, I thought I was done quite frankly, and uh, launched a consulting practice to help guide people in how to grow their business. And all of a sudden last year, I started seeing this shiny object word called InsureTech, and I I decided what better place for me than you know to, uh, to be a part of that. So I, I consult in this space, um, but I'm also helping, I'm also grabbing back some prod, some products that I used to sell, and I'm actually launching them as we speak, but using insurance and technology together, because it's so amazing what you can do today versus what you did when I sold out in 2013. I mean, it's, it's like Now, when you sold out, how many policies did you sell online from 96 to whenever you sold out in 2013? Uh, I had written about 20,000 policies online, um, and we had a pretty awesome system between 2010 and 13, we had a really, truly automated system because even though we were selling insurance online, we were still doing the servicing and the communicating and the phone calls and all of that other stuff prior to like 2009, 2010. Um, but then we trained the clients to go get what they wanted. You know, we, we, we gave them, we gave them a full self-serve website that said, all right, if you need us, here we are, call us. But then even when they called us, we used Ring Central to move traffic around so that the people that needed something right then got a phone call back. But the people that were like, I'm thinking of buying insurance, how much is it? We could just send them an email later in the day. So, you know, it was, it was, gotcha. a, it was a pretty cool process. And, and, and we were actually on the cloud, believe it or not, in 2008. So, wow. It's pretty awesome. Most people just thought those were white little puffy yeah. objects still in the sky. <laughs> yeah, well, most yeah. people would have saved money if they thought they were just uh, large objects in the sky because it was really expensive and clunky to be on the cloud back then. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, um, oh, man, I heard, oh, man, oh, gosh, I just heard somebody give an analogy of uh, they were talking about Oh, this was so great. This is so great, Jeff. I heard a um, a person, and I was uh, I was actually watching this video, and this person was explaining that back in, um, oh wow, this is so great. I'm so glad I remembered this. When you're talking about clouds, they were talking about like back uh, you know in 1900 or 1905 or whatever about when electricity really started becoming um, used in industrial and for businesses and stuff like that that actually businesses started having their own little generators and so they would all have their own little generators and as the size of the business increased the size of the generator would start to have to increase as well but because these generators were were built some were really high sophisticated some of them really weren't but they'd break 
down a lot that the business would always have to hire like an electrician or some kind of engineer to come in and fix this generator. And so all these businesses were having these problems and the fact that you know the generators would work for a while but then bam, it'd go down. And as the years went along, Thomas Edison came along and he said, well, first of all, he was there before, but he started looking at this problem and he said, you know what, we should just create a um, one big generator, which we know today as a power plant, and then we should supply the electricity to each one of these businesses. And a lot of these businesses hated it because they thought to themselves like, well, how dare you? You're going to be in control of my electricity and you're not going to be, you know, and I'm going to have to uh, rely on you to ship the electricity to me. But what he did was is he actually showed them that it was it was a way that was going to make their business more reliable and it was going to come to them at less of a cost than what it would be for them to use their own generator and for the repair and the maintenance and all that. And really not knowing this at this time, maybe people do know this, but I didn't like people fought power plants. They fought power plants for like years upon years upon years until finally it got to the point where everybody started getting hooked up to the local power plant or, and so it, what was it? Was the, uh, uh, com, com ed, I think was the name of it. And I can't remember the full name, but it was something Edison, which is today is now Comcast or something like that. I can't remember exactly the details, but what was amazing was, is the person that was giving the video was using it and relating it to the cloud-based service today of how we all had our own little servers in our office and they would break and we'd have to get a repair man that would come and all this. And so I think that's a great way to illustrate because there's still a ton of people out there. Tell me if I'm wrong, Jeff, that do not understand what a cloud is. I mean, they still don't understand the concept and it's very easy, but in, but in what that, what they were explaining was, is the power plant was the electric cloud of the early 1900s and to get people to understand that that was a better, more efficient way to function was very hard to do. And I really, when I thought about that, I thought, man, in a hundred years, are we going to look back at the little bitty servers we had in our office and go, wow, this is crazy. Well, not even a hundred years, probably like right now for some of us, but probably 30 years for everybody in America. Did, did that make sense? Have you, have you ever really oh, yeah. thought of it that way? Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's look, when I, when I went on the cloud, it truly was clunky. It truly was almost inefficiently cost sensitive. And at the end of the day, it broke a lot. It, it, for as great as it was, you know, they were, they were really technicians in my office having to be there to make sure it worked. So even though everything was supposed to be offsite and in this, you know, this virtual world, it was, it was a lot of work. And then once you're down, you're down. And so, yeah, no, I I think it's, and, and I think, by the way, I think that's the, the, you know the same underlying current that's going on. <laughs> no pun intended, by the way. Yeah, that sounds good. That was good. <laughs> the same underlying current that's going on in you know. Okay, you can be in insure tech, but what really is it? You know, it's it's insurance, but it's using technology to make the insurance process more efficient, both behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. But yet, look at all these, you know pools and pools and pools of people that are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to pay attention to InsureTech. They're not, you know, all they think about is lemonade or they think about something that, you know, they, yep. they, they view as this this hindrance and you're like, well, wait a minute, forget about what they're selling. Let's focus on the functionality of how much better it makes you. And so I don't even think 30 years is realistic. I, I think, um, especially with like, you know, just Equifax, right? Especially with Equifax, HBO and Sony, just all of that stuff 
I think you've got people going, well, wait a minute. Even if I don't like it, that's where my information's going. Like, right. I, don't, I don't have a say. So I might be able to control my little world, and they may give me this, this feeling of I've still got a server room that's eight, eight foot round or whatever, eight foot square. But at the end of the day, somebody's getting my information in a cloud system. They may not just be telling me that right now. That's the that's reality good. of it. That is a that is a good point, and and and, and Jeff, it, it really does blow my mind the way that people are fighting this in SureTech because I you're so right they keep on and I and I'm not I just won't blast them. There's a couple people out there that I speak with on LinkedIn all the time, and it's it's like they're like they're not tech firms, they're insurance companies. You're losing the point of what we're trying to talk about here. That's not what I'm saying. Here's where I think that, that and, and I say this a lot, the loyal listeners know this, I'd love to get your take on this, Jeff. I believe that through, due to lack of technology, you when you don't have technology, you have to have a manual process. So whenever we didn't have the technology over the last 100, 200, 300 years, when it came to claims, we didn't have an electronic technology process for that, so we had humans. And then when it came to um, dealing with underwriting, we didn't have a technology for that, so we had humans. Whenever any different part, uh, territory managers, we had humans. People assessing risk, we use that to assess it by, by numbers, but we can use technology that can see numbers in greater computing power and detail than humans can. And so where it comes to it is, is I think we will always have insurance companies it's the fact of everything that's around that insurance company is what's going to be peeled away and replaced with technology. And not 100% because you're still going to need to have, you know, a couple claims managers that are going to be managing these whole processes. I, I would also say that if you're an adjuster out there, I really think you're in trouble like I really do and I hate to say that but adjusters in my opinion are getting ready to ha are be axed because technology is taking over what what they're doing on a daily basis hello loyal listeners hey are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client maybe you maybe not Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit NBS Brokerage dot com cast certified well i think, um, I think let me let me jump in on that come I on hey me jeff come yeah, on baby. No, no no because i think just in hurricane harvey and now with irma and with whatever the next name is uh i think jose but you're going to see the, the the time of claims being adjusted to be shorter you're going to see the drones and and by the way i'm very i'm, I'm very involved in the drone space right now so i'm i'm, I'm a little biased to what i'm saying but, That's okay. But with that said, there's now a tipping point with the drones and with commercial insurance and with the drones working on behalf of, you know, it's going to be not just a claims person, but it's going to be the person that, you know, actually assesses the, 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 the risk from the other side, which is underwriting the rebuild, you know, because now they're going to look at, you know, they're going to map out the streets. You know, they're going to do mapping with drones. So, so it's not just claims. It's it's every aspect. But with that said, every one of these guys, guys and gals that are good 
you know, claims people will be able to figure out how to build their own business model around that technology because the knowledge in their head, while it's, it's replaceable physically in the time and the ability to count, the knowledge that they get and the things that they visually see, there's still going to be a need for that for at least a long runway. And so they can become the experts of technology by being the human interaction to that technology. And that's what Absolutely. most people are forgetting. Absolutely. And I'm not going to say they'd be eliminated completely, but I had an adjuster who emailed me after me saying this on another podcast, and he said, the person that's going to be eliminated is you. And I said, I will agree with you. There will be a cut in agency force, but the deal is we still control the relationship. That adjuster has no relationship to that insured and has a very, very faint relationship to that insurance company. We still control the relationship. And so whenever, if there was a way that they could replace us, they'd have figured it out a long time ago. It's that R word that they can't replace. They can they can control the price. They can control the coverage. They can control the service. But one thing they can't control is that relationship. And that's something that, that I feel is differently. I do believe we will have less agents, but I also, I like what you say, they're going to be that, that huge human relation to use utilizing and making that technology better so so I do I do uh, emphatically agree with you I think though that when it talks about insurance companies I think um, I'll just say that this way um, associations okay like uh, insurance associations the big eye the PIA all this they're fighting it in the fact that they're losing members and I think they're starting to find out that there's these other and I'm going to I'm going to tail back to this but there's these other organizations out there that are providing the services which is education or camaraderie or understanding and learning and things that the associations used to be known for that you would go to your convention or you would go meet up to network with other agents and learn about insurance there's other areas now that are being um, that are uh, that are that are taking that role on. And I think the associations, once they learn that, hey, we need to be cutting our costs, we're not going to cut our members, but let's provide our members what these other groups are not. And what these other groups are not creating, are not able to do, is create legislative. The big eye is huge because of their legislative ability. Now, I understand you're a speaker and you probably get hired by them, so do I, but hey, sometimes somebody's got to tell the truth around here, Jeff. Actually, the, let, me, let, me, let me correct you there. Here's what's funny. You're, you're spot on, and here's what's uh -huh. even funnier. So they haven't had me speak at any events. And it's funny because I was a past president. I, I went and, and was very uh, involved in advocacy in Washington seven, several years in a row on you know the issues that affect us as agents. And it's funny, over the last few years with my book and with all the things I do speaking and with all the places I do speak, I've offered to put myself in that room, not from a... I'm a great speaker because I'm not. I'm a good speaker who knows a lot of good, great stuff. But at the end of the day, I've offered to say, but, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that I built a brick and mortar agency yep. from two to twelve million dollars. And let's talk about the fact that while I built it, I built twenty thousand insurance policies on the internet. Let's focus on that and let me let me explain the bridge between why you're not going to lose insurance people why you're That's not right. going to scare them away by giving them the information they need to be better at what right. they do and be more efficient as technologically as they need to be to combat the guys that are you know it's really their their real issue is the new version of state farm the new version of all state and the new version of farmers and interestingly enough look at what's happening 
companies like Goosehead and Penguin are picking up the farmers and Allstate and State Farm guys. So they're they're in their own little battle anyway. So they're yep. getting guys to jump. And so the funny thing is, you would think I would be a welcome, you know, nope. topic. You, you would think they would want me to help them maintain. And, I, and I'm good friends with them too, by the way. So I don't. I, I mean, I hope they listen because I talk to the guys here in California all the time, and I'm like, look. Why wouldn't you have me go to your next event where you've got 250 agents 40 and under and I happen to be almost 50 but yet I've been selling insurance on the internet since before time and by the way the reason I get called in now is because it's the opposite it's technology companies that said F you to the man we're going to build it and now all of a sudden they're realizing wait a minute we do need that agent we yep. do need that carrier's data to use our great machine that we just built. And so I've been called as a bridge, but at the same time, the guys you would think, to your point, you would think would say, yeah, let's let's give away the sushi under the counter. Let's explain that story to our, to our members so they don't walk away. Let's show them that we're doing it um, and, and be top of mind. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, my wife, uh, about a I said about a year or two ago, just just told me she said, Jason, just just shut up, and then she did. And and the reason why, I mean, she she tells me this a lot, but the reason is is that I literally, Jeff, I mean, I took it tough. Um, I was the big eye chairman um, of the National Young Agents from 2010 to 2013. Uh, I wrote this book. I created Grow. I got a national platform. I talk big about them all the time. And I went from literally in 2012, I think I did uh, almost 40 presentations. Uh, now to, to tell you the inside there, I did 23 just in the state of Illinois because I went on these like uh, uh, town hall meeting things with them. But I okay. did almost 40, maybe even 50. It might have been. I'm not exactly sure. But now I have went down to where I spoke last year seven, seven times and only one of them was a big eye uh, function. And it's really amazing because I think the same thing I'm like, okay, how do my numbers keep going up with my podcast of 25,000 and I get emails from agents telling me, man, this is great, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But yet you're trying to tell me that at the same time that you're not gonna bring me in. And that's why I wanna say to them, and I say to them all the time on my podcast is, is embrace what you are. Embrace what you are. Your legislative efforts are something that I at Grow cannot replace. The IOAO um, uh, cannot replace. Insurance Soup cannot replace. Insurance Splash, all these groups that have thousands of agents that are a part of them, which keep in mind they're they're part of them and they're for free, um, are doing this and and you they're never going to, so you need to pick that out. So, so bringing that back into and dovetailing that into the insurance space, it's the same thing. Quit looking at insuretech firms as being a um, someone who is going to take you out, but is going to be somebody who is going to enhance you, is going to say, okay, so, hey, maybe we don't need 400 underwriters to service 400 agents. Maybe we only need 100 underwriters to service those. Now, there may be people out there that go, yeah, but you're eliminating jobs. That, that's, a, that's another conversation for another time. We're talking about the price of business going up, expenses going up, everything is going up, and you're having to look at the fact that even as a business of my size, insurance companies are going through the same thing. I can't just keep on putting on labor without putting in other practices that are going to help uh, that are going to help lower the cost. But not only that, not only lower the cost, but create better predictability. And I think that there's a lot of things out there and 
so that's when I say that. It's not that I want to eliminate everybody. It's just that I think we need to reassess what our company is and the roles that our company needs where technology can play a role in it. That's where I think it needs to go. Well, you're, you're, spot, you're spot on. And, and so here's what I would say. So this is what I... This is what I've started to do over the last six months. And I mean, this is hopefully this is what you're you're following your agents, you know, and I, and I know your mix a little bit from looking at, you know, your, your, your stats. But I think if each one of your agents that's listening to this would say, you know what, what am I really good at? Do I am I in the food business? Am I in the trucking business? Am I in the hospitality business? Do I do hotels? Do I do retail? Do I do whatever? Figure out what you're good at. Go find the one or two insurance companies that are really good in that space and really have the tools that are going to help you differentiate yourself from the industry. And focus your attention. Forget about trying to educate and tell people about why they should do it. Focus on those products. Focus on that technology. Start telling your story. Start sharing it. Start your social media campaign. Build your website so that it has you know, the greatest trackers, you know, like there's this, you know, there's, there's things like Hootsuite and Meet Edgar and things like that, that you can actually use, that you could actually, you know, manage, you know, you could post one thing and it goes out over the first week and it'll go to your people, it'll go to people you don't know and start telling your story. Don't focus on telling people what they need to do. I've actually grabbed, believe it or not, I thought I was never getting back into insurance again. My plan was to help other people grow because I, I, I hit two different times. I hit the pinnacle as a brick and mortar agent. I ended up with 80 employees from 12 and I ended up, you know, bringing it to the, to the greatest thing. And we did everything from the corner liquor store to feature films. And I was very fortunate to do that. At the same time, I did this whole inter internet play. And now clearly InsureTech is not about internet. InsureTech is about the technology. It's about telematics. If you're if you're insuring trucks and and taxis and tow trucks and and jump in before Uber decides they're going to have a complete company and try to knock you out, be the first guy in. And there's tools for you to focus on that. So I've actually started grabbing products like I'm I'm positioning a cybersecurity with ransomware insurance product that someone else created using their bandwidth, an insurance company. And I'm just going to focus on moving the traffic around the internet to reach the right clients. That's how you do it. I'm doing it with drone insurance too. It's that's you just have to find the technology that suits the type of people you want to target, and don't worry about you know for you. Don't worry about telling the people that don't want to hear it. Let's tell your ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand listeners. Grab something for yourself and go sell it and make some money. That's right. Amen. That's exactly right. That is that is exactly right. Um, and so there's also this big push, what we call fintech. So I guess that's the same thing. It's just in the financial industry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's and by the way, the fintech guys are just they realize they made some headway into insurance or into fin, into fi, into banks and into financial institutions, and they're like, well, wait a minute, what we did over there, we can now do for you know the insurance industry so they're, yeah. they're, they're at the end of the day there's some great well-needed products being created but they're gonna realize a lot of them still need a distribution model that works and it's no different than 
you know, the, the companies like, like even Hartford, Hartford is pulling back on their personal lines, right? They've, they've actually decided to be more direct and more association and whatever. And I hope it works for them. But at the end of the day, the agents that used to be with them are now competing with them to go to their own marketplace. So if the agents prove that they can with, you know, hold their ground long enough, Hartford will probably turn around and they'll say, you know what, we did need the distribution model. We should still have that. We shouldn't cut them out just because we decided to change. We should right. embrace that they're a good distribution model. But if they don't, then the direct writers will get some, the agent will move it to another carrier, and the associations and organizations will end up with their share. That's it's you know, it is what it is. So you, you pick another product, that's all. So in closing this up with leaders are readers and readers are leaders, I, I assume you are a reader? I am a reader now. I, I wasn't when I was younger. <laughs> and then you, I see you, you, uh, you're the author of Network, Networking with the Cards You Are Dealt. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I, I say the saying, well, and I didn't get it from me, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk says it all the time, is, uh, is uh, uh, double down on your strengths and forget your weaknesses. And it sounds like when I'm reading, when I'm uh, highlighting about what your cards, networking with your cards you are dealt, it's kind of the same thing. It's about minimizing your weaknesses and work regularly with the cards that you've been dealt when you're networking. Am I right about that? Yeah. And, and by the way, I mean, it's, it's, it's written as networking, but it's truly about whatever you're doing. Like, just right. use your skills. I mean, figure out how to overcome your weaknesses and, and you don't have a choice. They're weaknesses. Just figure out how to overcome them and, and deal with it. Any other books that you're reading at this time that you want to share with or that you have read that you want to share with the uh, loyal listeners? Uh, well, the only book I want to read is Zero to One, and it's only because in my consulting practice, I've been telling people that I'm really good at getting people from zero to one. And a lot of consulting practices are, are better to take you from 10,000 to a million. I'm, you know, it's harder to get your first client than it is to get uh, your 10,000th client. But uh, I like that. And so, yeah, and it's funny. I didn't know that this book Zero to One existed. So now I got to read the book just to see that it's like, <laughs> it's like what I'm talking about. So it's really funny. So I like that concept, though. I mean, because I think uh, a lot of people expect that sometimes of us. And, you know, I will be the first to admit that I, I obviously do not have the track record to take you to 10,000 clients, but I definitely have the track record that um, starting a, a book. Uh, 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 book from scratch three times, maybe even four here coming up soon. I, I have I have very much confidence in myself and others that I can take you from zero to ten or zero to five hundred. You know what I mean? But uh, to take you from a thousand to ten thousand, I think I could do it. But I don't have the track record to do that. So I kind of like that zero to one. I like that. That is good yeah. stuff. I mean, look. I, I mean, I, I you could you could take a company anywhere, and you don't want to. It's not a, it's not necessarily startups. It's someone who who's struggling to figure out how to really get to the next plateau, not because they want to be way up there, but because they really have to get their product out there, and it really has done a good job. And um, you know, so zero to one, thousand to two thousand, like that. That's a space that that just makes sense. It's just it a, you know, it's a it's a you know, you, you hopefully. Hopefully you find someone who's who's already done it themselves. They've already exhausted, you know, even if they have 15 or 20, you know, they might have 15 or 20 producers in their office. They might have 15 or 20 different types of sales reps that are trying to sit there and sell their software. But at the end of the day, their strategy isn't working. And, 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 and because of technology, you already know this, every legacy company out there is gonna fight until 
the death if they if they could until their death to implement that latest technology so it's finding that one person or that one company that says you know what clearly we're not we're missing something if everyone else is jumping in how do we use that to get to the next level and that's really what it's about fantastic jeff i really do appreciate your time man if there's anybody who wants to reach out to you how could they find how could they find you besides on uh, linkedin they can find you at jeff clyde which is k-l-e-i-d uh, that's the uh, E before I when you're going after L. <laughs> I before E except after L. Yes, it's K-L-E-I-D. Um, yeah, you can reach me at Jeff at JeffClyde.com. Um, you know, I've actually, that's the easiest way to do it. Or you find me on LinkedIn or if you just Google my name, it shows up a lot with all the things I do. But um, I appreciate it, Jason. I really enjoyed it, and and I and I, I you know, I, I've listened to your other podcasts. I think you're spot on, and I and I think it's great that you're, you're, you know, you're so determined to make sure people listen. Um, I just, I'm, I'm a big fan of letting the people listen that are that are paying attention. I don't need the other people to, to listen at all. I like that, and you are right about that. And Jeff, I appreciate your time. Keep pushing the insured tech community. If there's anything that I can do to be assistance, you know where you can find me. And to all you loyal listeners out there, you know that uh, I bring on people like Jeff all the time because just like you, I want you to tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. I'm out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.